You choose to choose. You don't have to answer anything you don't want to. You saying no to others means saying yes to yourself. So if you are given the gift of a question, you don't have to receive it, but you can be respectful about it. You can say, you know, I really appreciate you having an interest in that part of my life, but what's new and good with you? Hi everyone, and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where we're determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. I love bringing all these amazing guests on. And today I'm excited to introduce you to Hilary Russo. Hilary is a trauma informed holistic practitioner, a transformational coach, and health journalist, certified in hypnotherapy, integrative nutrition, and havening techniques. She's one of the first 150 people certified in havening in the US of less than 1,000 worldwide. Her media and military background gives her firsthand experience working with clients on secondary trauma. She's also an international speaker and health and wellness TV guest expert. Her globally top-rated podcast, Holistically Speaking, is inspiring conversations of trauma to triumph through health, healing, and humor. Welcome to the show, Hillary. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for welcoming me. It is such a joy to be here. You have such an interesting background. So you were in the military, then you moved on from there. Tell us a little bit about your story and kind of how you even came into this space to begin with. It's an interesting one, as we all have interesting stories that bring us to where we are. And I guess there's that that one quote where if you want God to laugh, tell him your plans, right? (laughs) Absolutely, (laughs) right. For me, I mean, I started out in the field of journalism years ago, over 30 years ago, and it was something that I thought I was going to really embrace my entire career, go on, you know, go to the network level. And I think sometimes things don't happen exactly the way they're planned. You know, for me, I was living in the South. I was also married to a military member and we were traveling with his job and with my job. And I found that, you know, 9-11 happened and it changed everything. The world stopped for everyone. But Mm -hmm. for myself as a journalist during that time, before I even got into the work that I do in emotional well-being and transformational coaching, I didn't have the tools, as many of us didn't, to know how to even support our own well-being and mental health when something like that happens. And that's that secondary trauma. And, you know, to even predate that, growing up with a dad who was sick my whole life, uh, you know, as an insulin-dependent diabetic, I witnessed a lot of health issues in my home, in the personal space, And didn't have the tools to know how to deal with that either. You know, so health Mm. and wellness had always been in the forefront of my mind. Like, how do we live well emotionally and physically? And how do we not allow those who are around us that we care about or maybe don't even know, like I said, people that we saw all over the place that were suffering firsthand, that primary trauma, how do we not let that impact us and, and create the healthy boundaries in our mind? And I think that was kind of the turning point for me. That was the turning point that day on 9-11 when I was sitting on that anchor desk and I realized, you know, you're, you go into go mode. 
right? You yeah. don't even know what's happening. Yeah. You don't process it till later, like with many things. And that trauma encoding was there. And I, I realized from that moment on, I want to tell different kinds of stories. I want mm. to tell stories that where I can use my voice to connect and build trust and share something positive to put out there in the world. And and that's where things slowly started to, to put me into this wellness space where if I'm going to use this vehicle, I have this voice, I'm going to do it for good. And that kind of continues on the trail. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that. So, you know, let's talk a little bit because I guess being in the journalistic space and I'm even thinking about what's going on right now and, yeah. you know, how we're all experiencing trauma at different levels, just even watching what's happening, you know, how did you get trained in trauma? What's your perception of trauma? Mm-hmm. Trauma comes in a lot of different forms, right? You know, there is the trauma we personally experience, right? It's mm-hmm. something's happened to us or at us mm-hmm. or something along those lines. There is trauma that we have watched or witnessed, and that's a little bit of a different form. And I do believe there's intergenerational trauma that is passed down over time that we still are processing and dealing with and trying to trying to figure out. So we have these multiple layers to trauma. So I feel like trauma is becoming a word kind of like stress. Like Mm -hmm. it's very easy to throw that word out. It's very easy to throw the word stress out. But I do think these words have have definitive meaning. What does it mean to you? What do you see on your end? You know, and then we can talk a little bit about where does one go, regardless of what kind of trauma they've experienced? You've Nailed it. I mean, trauma comes in so many different forms and it has become such a buzzword, especially in social media. You know, we hear this word all the time and I have to wonder and continue to wonder two things. Do people really know what it is? And the people that are spewing the information, do they know what it is? Right. 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 And and that is why I really, as I moved into this space, which was years ago, I started to really want to deep dive into the world of trauma and not just talk trauma or support people Mm -hmm. with their traumatic encoding, but know what it means to be a trauma-informed practitioner, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not just like hearing stories and helping people through, but you're, you're watching the physiology of people. You're seeing how they are reacting, what they're saying, what their body is like, how it's being processed in them that you can see in the words they're using. And what can you do to support them so that you're not re-traumatizing, re-triggering and putting them in a worse place than they were because, you know, not even, not even every therapist is trauma informed and right. ready to tackle that. You know, we have to stay within our scope of practice. And if I can't support somebody, I sure as heck, I'm going to share that person with somebody else so that they can be supported. So going back to what you're saying, you know, you have the the secondary trauma, which is an area I focus on very deeply. It's an area that I, I feel that I, know a lot about just from my own experiences, but also speaking, it's a speaking topic for me, Mm -hmm. secondary trauma or secondary traumatic stress are those moments. It's really when we are taking in, when we are feeling, or we are emoting the feelings from somebody else's firsthand trauma, the duress of somebody else. So it could be turning on a TV right now or watching Mm -hmm. scrolling on the internet and seeing what is happening in this world. But it could also be you sitting down with a client. And I just spoke about this this summer over in Dublin, Ireland to a, a group of doctors and practitioners. How are you taking care of yourself when you hear a patient telling you they're upset or, you know, like how are practitioners taking care of themselves? And and that was kind of a wake up call for a lot of those doctors that were hearing me speak. 
So there's that. And then also your children, like, or your best friend, maybe they're telling you something. So that is the secondary traumatic stress, or even as a journalist, you know, we call ourselves the forgotten first responders. We are mm, on the scene so many times, yeah. right? Just with yeah. EMTs and first responders, we're seeing stuff. And then you take that home to your family. And how are you processing that? You might be seeing it as burnout. You might be seeing it as everyday stress and it's not. And so supporting people in that area is very different. And then you do have the primary stress, the people that are actually witnessing, feeling, going through the actual traumatic experience event and then, like you said, so important, you know, the generational ancestral trauma, mm-hmm. you might not be witnessing it firsthand or experiencing it, but from what you're hearing and from mom or dad or grandma, or grandpa, you're living through them. You know, our ancestry is so important. And if it isn't resolved, it's going to be cyclical and continue on to yeah. the next generation, you know? Yeah. And, and how often, you know, I could speak to so many of those different points, but, you know, I'll sit with a client end of day, I feel drained, right? Like just wiped, just drained, like, because the stories that are coming out are so deep, people finally have an opportunity Mm -hmm. to speak. You know, I think so many times you don't even get to tell your story. And so I've, I've found myself in that space many a time. So I have to do something physical or like active. Otherwise mm-hmm. I can be just as guilty of getting home and like, you know, plopping down on the couch and not wanting to move, not wanting to talk to anybody, just like, just sort of being in my own little space. And then the intergenerational one is interesting to me too, because how do we help that? Like, how do we rewire that? So I'm curious as to your approach and sort of, sort of what these techniques are. I think you call them havening techniques. Like what are some mm-hmm. of these techniques that can help with trauma, you know, whether you're a practitioner or dealing with somebody or whether you yourself have experienced trauma, like, you know, what, what are some great tools that we can sort of put into use? Yeah. So havening techniques is predominantly, havening techniques is my main technique that I use with clients. It's what I'm known for studying with the co-developing doctors of the havening technique and also finding that it helped me with my own trauma was I was all in like from the first time I was Haven myself, which was by one of the co-developing doctors, Dr. Ron Rudin and Steve Rudin, who is his, his brother. And Havening has this unbelievable ability to rewire the brain rapidly. And it's so simple to use. And it's a psychosensory approach, which is like, it uses the sense of touch is the predominant sense. So that psychosensory approach of touch with a positive thought, a pleasant distraction, which could be anything that brings you joy. It could be thinking Mm -hmm. of a beautiful place that you love to go on vacation, or it could be singing a song. If you're not a good visual, you can't visualize well. It could be humming. It could be taking a walk. It could be having a little kitten purr on your lap. Like any of those things are those pleasant distractions or even doing affirmations, which is the simplest form. You know, we see the studies that show that that affirmations, the I am statements are very powerful. So when you pair those positive thoughts, those pleasant distractions together with the touch, which is like you're washing your hands or you're just giving yourself a gentle soothing stroke from the shoulders down to the elbows, like you're crossing your arms in a hug or even on the face, which is so many nerve endings in the face. And when you do this, that beautiful, gentle massage on the face or the arms or the hands, and there's no choreography, you can really do it at any any time and stick with one if you prefer, you are actually putting your brain in what they call a delta wave state. And that's your sleep state. 
It doesn't mean mm-hmm. you're falling asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want people to think, oh, I want to do this while I'm, you know, sitting right. on a bus, but I don't want to miss my stop. No, you, it, actually that subconscious mind and that delta wave where we reach and sleep a lot of times is where you're able to turn that chaos into calm and make better decisions, get better sleep, deal with the everyday stresses, and also the deep-rooted encoded trauma when you're working with a trauma-informed practitioner like myself. And when you do that, you also are releasing those beautiful, happy hormones, the oxytocin, the love hormone, serotonin, dopamine, GABA. And those are what are going to put you in that much more pleasant state, right? It's where we all want to be, right? Yeah, absolutely. That is the beauty of havening. The beauty, the real beauty is, is that you can self-apply it, like I mentioned. So you can self-regulate, self-soothe, self-apply for self-care, for those little everyday upsets that we all encounter, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you, like you said, if you had a client that you saw and you you had a heavy load that day, right? Which I always recommend to clients or or people that I'm speaking in front of, especially practitioners, like pace it out. Mm. (laughs) Don't put them all, like don't put all those trauma clients right next to each other. Give yourself a break. But if you're feeling the day and you don't want to take it home, do havening in between. I'll even haven with my clients sometimes. You know, while I'm facilitating, if I'm not the actual one physically touching them, which you can do, I can do as the practitioner, I will sit there and I'll just do it in my hands while I'm talking them through it. And I'm getting a dose of that good, happy Mm -hmm. hormone kicking in. So the beauty is, is it can be self-applied for those everyday upsets, but it can also be facilitated by a havener like myself who can go to the deeper rooted trauma, hold space for you, facilitate the session and help you get to the root of the issue because you never want to do trauma work on your own. With the holidays around the corner, I love gifting products that give back. One of my favorite skincare brands, Purity Woods, has partnered with the nonprofit One Tree Planted. With each Purity Woods order placed, they donate a portion of the proceeds to have a tree planted in your honor. These trees are targeted to urgently in need areas, such as those devastated by forest fires and help create habitats for animals and biodiversity, jobs for social impact and clean air and water for everyone's benefit. They have helped plant over 10,000 trees this year already. Turn back time on the appearance of your skin with Purity Woods Age-Defying Dream Cream. Purity Woods is currently offering 17% off site-wide but we have an additional 10% discount for our listeners for a total savings of 27%. Go to puritywoods.com backslash Dr. Taz or enter code Dr. Taz, the C-R-T-A-Z at checkout for an additional 10% off your first order. That's puritywoods, P-U-R-I-T-Y-W-O-O-D-S.com and enter code D-R-T-A-Z, Dr. Taz, for an additional 27% off your first order. So this havening, if it's self-soothing, is there any structure around it? Like how long or how often? Is it any sort of touch or sensory type technique? I mean, super curious. Oh, it's anytime you want, as much as you want. You know, I will do it first thing in the morning when I do my gratitude moments, because I don't even put my feet on the floor until I actually do two minutes of gratitude 
Studies have shown that when you start your day with two minutes of gratitude, it's a 27% more likelihood you'll have a good day six to eight hours later compared to picking up your phone, turning on the TV, reading yeah. a newspaper, right? So if I'm going to start those two minutes a day in gratitude, thinking about just the simplest things that I'm grateful for, you know, like the fact that I woke up, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you just sit there and do havening or think about the kind of day you're going to have, the outcome, the the positivity behind it, you're actually getting your day started on the right foot, on the right side mm-hmm. of the bed. And then you can do it, you know, throughout the day, even while you're showering. I have one colleague that talks about havening while he's just gently just doing it on his hands, you know, <laughs> to any mm-hmm. time during the day you need it. And then of course, when you're going to sleep, that's the best time because you're already trying to get into Delta wave and why not have the last thought, a positive one, because your subconscious mind is at work while you're sleeping anyway. So let it work on answering the good questions, you know? Yeah. I'm thinking though about just ritual and how like the rituals that we've grown up with, wash your face, comb your hair, put lotion on before you go to bed, you know, like. I guess those are like kind of like self-soothing self-care routines that we all kind of take for granted, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's fascinating. You also talk about the hug it out method. What is what yeah. is that? So hug it out in if interestingly enough, it just has to it's an acronym for hug, right? Acronym mm-hmm. is healing, understanding, and gratitude, right? Mm, but not necessarily thank you. Not necessarily what you're putting out there because that has to come from within first. So one of the pillars of my hug it out method is that in order to have the opportunity to understand others, to have gratitude for others, to really heal, you have to start from within. The healing process starts within, right? The body will tell us, right? Body keeps the scores. We heard that book many times. Oh yeah. Understanding comes from within and then also the gratitude. And when you hold space for yourself, just imagine what you can put out there in the world, you know, and the first step to any change is the awareness. And that's like Mm -hmm. the triple A's in my process, which is having the, the awareness is the first step to change. Then you lead to that allowing, allowing yourself the possibility that change can happen. And then it leads to the new alignment, this alignment that's kind of like this vehicle. You know, if you're out of alignment in the car, you know where the car is going. It's certainly not going in the direction you're steering, but this mind right here is pretty powerful. So when you're in alignment, you can steer better into this world. And that's the basis behind the hug it out method, which incorporates, interestingly enough, the hug, which is part Mm -hmm. of the, you know, Mm -hmm. what we do in Havening. That self-hug we need, that self-love is so important. And when we do that, when we come from that space of healing, understanding, and gratitude and really hug it out with ourselves, anything's possible. Do you think we spend more time just not being kind to ourselves? Is that a lot of what trauma does is just create this negative dialogue constantly? I don't even know if it's got to be trauma focused. I don't even know if trauma has to be involved in it at all. I think sometimes we are so hard on ourselves because the brain is wired to go to the negative if there's uncertainty, right? The brain is the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And the amygdala, calling her Amy, Amy the amygdala, if Amy's not happy and Amy doesn't have answers, Amy is going to grab the first thing that keeps her safe. And interestingly enough, havening is the transitive verb for the word haven, which means a safe place. Mm-hmm. So if you're creating that safe place in your mind, and you're letting Amy know all is well, the worst is over. Is it true what you're telling yourself? You know, asking yourself those questions, is it helpful? Is it inspiring, necessary, or kind? If you are sitting there and you let Amy know she's okay, and it's not happening right now, whatever's upsetting you, 
then you have that ability to change those thoughts, moods, behaviors, and habits rapidly, especially with havening and rewire the brain and create a new narrative out of that story you've been telling yourself. Oh my gosh. What powerful tools and techniques. Now we're headed into the holidays (laughs) and a great time for gratitude for sure. But also kind of, I was talking to a friend and historically every year, my sister and I have gotten into a fight on Thanksgiving and it's like legendary now. So, you know, my mom used to have this little store and her customers kept asking her, are the girls okay this year? (laughs) So it was like this legendary (laughs) conflict that we always had. So, you know, now we joke about it and we laugh about it and all that other stuff, but the holidays can be incredibly triggering and stressful. And, you know, whether you're in an in-law situation or with a difficult family member, or it's a season of loss, right? Where you've recently lost somebody. How do you navigate the holidays and holiday stress, kind of keeping all of this in mind? What's like a a good way to go about it? Well, I'm going to use you for an example. (laughs) Uh-oh. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm gonna, I guess I'm I stepped have... into that. So, no, you, you're going to walk away with some powerful tools. And I awesome. know you know this. I know you yeah. know this already. Yeah. But the importance of creating healthy boundaries, I cannot yeah. say it enough, right? Yeah. We can't always choose who's around the table with us. And when you are around a table, it is tight quarters, intimate, and it's hard to escape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Absolutely. But why? Why feel the need to escape? I think there's always going to be somebody with a different viewpoint. There's always going to be somebody with a a different opinion or has something to say that you might not resonate with, right? The empowering part is being able to be a person who can respond and not react. And I mean, that could be as simple as just doing a little havening under the table and saying a couple I am statements and saying, I'm good. You know, I have the power to just control the narrative here. I don't have to respond. What are you doing by responding? Right. Mm, And just mm -hmm. bringing, bringing the triggers down. It's also like a lot of times you might be asked questions. I get this a lot with clients, you know, maybe they're, oh, when are you getting married? When are you having kids? What's going on with Mm -hmm. you? And -and so-and-so. And it's like, you're in a captive audience right now at a table where you have to push yourself out to get out of that situation. Or even if you're just in the home with somebody. And you might not want to answer a question. And here's the beauty of it, my friends. You choose to choose. You don't have to answer anything you don't want to. You saying no to others means saying yes to yourself. So if you are given an information, the gift of a question, you don't always have to receive a gift, right? Mm, The gift mm -hmm. is being given to you. You don't have to receive it but you can be eloquent and respectful about it. You can say, you know, I really appreciate you having an interest in in that part of my life, but what's new and good with you? Toss that back. Yeah. <laughs> make, yeah. The, make them the subject, you know, acknowledge it, respectfully say thank you for it, and then just change the subject. And if it yeah. continues, well, you might be dealing with somebody who has narcissistic tendencies, yeah. Yeah, right? Up. Yeah, they don't, they don't hear anything. But you can actually toss that back. You can be gracious about it. And and if it's something that's very persistent, make sure you're seated somewhere on the table, at the table, or have a conversation with somebody that brings you joy and is pleasant. And, you know, worst case scenario, if you're not comfortable in the entire situation, again, you choose to choose. You don't have to go. Yeah, very much so. 
How do you, like, what about loss? I know a lot of people, mm. for some reason, this season who maybe lost a loved one and the holidays are going to look a little bit different and feel a little bit different. Like, how do they, what's your advice for them in terms of managing? Well, this is one that personally impacts me. And it's actually the first time I was ever havened by Dr. Ron Rudin was on the grief and the death of my dad. So I get mm. this one. Mm-hmm. And my dad died in November right around the Thanksgiving holiday, 20 plus years ago. But Mm -hmm. for years, I held on to that grief and upset and really didn't know how to process it. And every time we would have a conversation about him, I would get teary-eyed. And I'm not saying that this is going to get rid of emotion, but it allows you to see the narrative differently, right? The person still passed, but how can you celebrate them in a way that they're part of the celebration of being together with family? And you know, there's a beautiful movie that I love and maybe you've seen it. I don't know if you've seen the movie Big Fish. No, I haven't seen seen that. So Big Fish is a really interesting movie. And there's a line in the movie because it's a story about a father who's dying and his son who just doesn't believe the stories he's been telling his whole life. You know, he grew up with a dad that was just telling fantasy stories, basically because they were more interesting than what he actually did for a living. You know, he's just trying to make it more enjoyable for the child. And there's a line in the movie, the actual tag is like, a man tells so many stories that he becomes his stories. And in that way, he becomes immortal, basically, Mm. to paraphrase Mm -hmm. it. So basically, when you're in a situation and you're dealing with grief and loss, a really beautiful way to celebrate somebody is to keep telling their stories. Mm. Just think about that for a second. A really beautiful way to keep somebody's spirit alive. If they cannot physically be there with you, celebrating whatever the holiday, whatever the celebration is, even the day, just keep telling their stories and they're there and you laugh and you think about what they offered in that moment. And there's no better way to celebrate the life of somebody that you miss at that table. It's so interesting because it really is about the story and it is about celebrating someone. I was talking to a woman recently and she just lost her husband of 39, almost 40 years very quickly. And her attitude though, like instead of being like devastated, I mean, she is devastated Mm -hmm. and upset, right? She can't talk without crying, but her perspective was so unique, you know, to me in terms of at least some of the other patients that I had seen or dealt with. She was just, it's like, I got 39 years, you know, she's like, who gets that nowadays, yeah. you know? And she just had this perspective of gratitude and, you know, love and all this other stuff. So she actually, you know, I don't want to say she was okay. I think that's too dismissive, but she was at, like, I could see her landing on her feet, moving forward with her life with whatever time was left for her, you know, and really kind of making the best of it, you know? And so it is interesting, whereas I've had others that it's been years, 10 years, a decade, you know, and they are not able to kind of move past, you know, a certain point. So, you know, what would you tell that person who's really stuck in their grief and really stuck in their trauma? And they're really just not able to kind of pull past that point. Well, the first thing is feel your feelings. We come from this age, and I think our generation and generations prior to us were kind of told, don't share your feelings, you know, don't don't bring upset to the table. Don't do this. The mm-hmm. thing is, is, in this day and age, it's so important that we reiterate the fact that you need to feel what you feel. But just how long do you want to stay in that place, right? There are the stages of grief, you know, we have these stages that we need to go through. 
We need to understand what it feels like to feel the disbelief and the the anger and the the sadness and the, all those stages. But at some point, it's like, think about, I love the thought of like, I had 39 years. Like there are people that are still on this planet that have been married and don't get that much time together because they're not married anymore, right? Right. right. And being able to share that person's stories, understand what you're feeling. The separation, I think, happens when I was havened on the grief of the death of my father. I still have moments. But what I do is I sit there in the havening and I think about a really wonderful time that I had with him. Or I just tell myself the feelings that I'm having that are going back to that day are not happening right now. It's not taking the grief away from you. It's not robbing you of feeling and then you're, oh, you're over it. There must be something mm-hmm. wrong with you. You're so, you're so right. lack compassion. Right. I think sometimes people fear if I'm over it, it means they're really gone. They're not like, I don't care. Right. And it becomes right. like a, like almost I'm selfish. And it's like, well, are you selfish because you want to go on in your life? Cause that person would probably want you to live your life powerfully if you love Mm -hmm. them that much that you're feeling this way. So why not do the healing so that you can see that passing and that loss differently and still hold space for that in your heart to feel when you want to feel. Yeah. And that's why Havening has been such a beautiful gift for me in my life, but also others that I've supported with their grief and loss, including my very own mother. Mm. Because she found benefit from this technique as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, not only on the death of her husband, which was more recent, but other people that she's lost in her life, even my yeah. own father. And yeah. and people, as you get older, you start losing friends. And the older generation, how do you process the loss of the people who are just passing away around you? And then yeah. you start thinking about your own mortality. So there's a fear factor there of death of yourself. So there's nothing more beautiful and there's no gift that is greater that I can give to my mom than peace of mind when she spent her entire life creating a safe space for me. If I can give my mother the tools to create a safe space in her own mind in these golden years, then I've done my job. And it goes back to her doing her job. I love that. I think that's so important. And it's definitely a skill, right? Like we something we have to keep learning and keep practicing and, yeah. and all of that other stuff. I have an exciting announcement. My new book, The Hormone Shift, Balance Your Body Through Midlife and Menopause is out this October and is available for pre-order right now wherever books are sold. Most women, and I'm talking about all women, have been led to believe that entering midlife means existing at the complete mercy of our mysterious hormones. When we take our concerns to our doctors, we're told that our debilitating symptoms are normal or we're fine or it's all in our head. And I'm here to tell you that fine is not good enough and is absolutely not in our head. I want all women to thrive through every life stage. So I've devised a hormone reset plan that blends together the best of Eastern and Western medicine to bring your body back into balance, minimize unwanted symptoms, and have you feeling like yourself again. It's not you, it's your hormones. And this is not your mother's perimenopause or menopause. Are you ready to thrive and really embrace this next phase of your life. Go to prh.com backslash the hormone shift to pre-order your copy now. 
you have built a community around this idea. Can you tell me a little bit about that? And, and I think, is it the Hug It Out Collective? Is that kind of yeah. what we're calling it? I love it. That's what we're calling it. And the collective meaning it's a community of amazing people that are supportive and it's a safe space and a safe container to share, to grow. I started the community on Facebook. I actually started it prior to that, but then I created the Facebook group because I wanted them to have a place where they can communicate on their own. And the Facebook group is beautiful because what I do is I create a theme every week to talk about. I do some inspiring videos and then I kind of just like it's almost like it's all yours, people. And I check in, but I really want the community to build. You know, it's really, yeah. there are other yeah. trauma-informed practitioners in the group. There are people of all ages and races and gender identity just being present in that group. And some people just sit back and read and don't yeah. share, and that's okay. And then there yeah. are others that are taking the reins and wanting to help the group grow. And it's organically growing and it's beautiful. And I think it's just a place where I can kind of be that Pied Piper just to share the initial and check in. And that theme goes through the week and we talk about it and just have a, a really beautiful space to share. And then that leads to, you know, the Hug It Up Collective, which is becoming something bigger because it's focusing around the book that I'm in the process of writing and the whole idea of really focusing on how are you going to hug it out with yourself in your life? Like, what are you doing to bring that healing, understanding and gratitude to your life yourself? Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want to create is just that safe container, that safe community, because there's power in community. Yes. Yes, there really is. Well, you have an event coming up. I think, right? Do you want to tell yes. us about that event? And maybe sure. it's a great way for everybody to get introduced to the community and to really even getting geared up before the holidays begin. So talk to us a little yes. bit about that. So during the pandemic, I launched this idea because where were we going? We were staying at home. We didn't know what was going on. And the only place you really are spending time is in your thoughts. Like the biggest piece of real estate and the most important piece of real estate is upstairs, yeah. right? Yeah. And I was doing these weekly havening happy hours just to provide people a place to find self-care, to find community, to know that even though we are social distancing, we're not socially disconnecting, right? And I did it for a while. You know, I launched it, I think, on my birthday because my -hmm. birthday fell in March and the world closed down March of 2020, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I started doing it on a monthly basis. And then once people started doing their thing and... I was like, all right, I'm going to back off a little bit and push them out of the nest. They're okay. But then I've been asked to bring it back. So this summer, I actually relaunched the Havening Happy Hour. And this Mm -hmm. is a monthly virtual experience on Zoom where people can come for free. Right now, I'm offering it for free where people can just step into a self-havening experience. I share the tools. We do a havening experience. I guide them through it. And we have a theme. So like this month's theme is all about managing your holiday stress. I'll ask you to pick one thing that might be causing you stress. And then we just do a little havening. We have a Q&A after. We have shares. And it's really wonderful to see people really step into themselves and own it, right? And I mean, if you have time, I mean, I could even show you just a little havening, like what we do. Yeah, 
Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd love to do that yeah. for you. So here's what I want you to do. And for those who are tuning in, which I'm sure there are many, cause you have this beautiful yes. podcast. Oh, thank you. What I would love people to do. And this is just a tiny bit of like a, a smidgen of what we do in the Havening Happy Hour, because it includes music and movement. I mean, we're, we're getting everything in the self-regulation category covered and even gifts and prizes, right? What I would like you to do in the moment is just, you know, the havening touch is like you're washing your hands, right? Or giving yourself mm-hmm. a gentle hug from your shoulders down to your elbows or even on your face. Those are the three havening touches. And you could do any or all three of them. If you prefer to just stay in your hands, that's fine. Or go through all three, that's fine. I want you to think about something in your life that is causing you a little upset. And we're not going trauma because we don't do trauma work in group like this mm-hmm. or not being mm-hmm. able to support you. Just something that's bringing you a little bit of upset, irking you a little bit. Bring it to mind, and I want you to share with me, if you will, the word that is coming to mind, how it's making you feel. And those who are listening and tuning in, you can do this yourself at home. You know, just think about it. What's the word that's making you feel? Stagnant. Got it. So your word is stagnant. And when you think about being stagnant, on a scale of zero to 10, zero, I call namaste all day. <laughs> 10 is off the charts. You're really stagnant. Where are you falling on that scale? Probably at a five. Okay. So it's, it's irking you. It's not off the charts, but it's, it's, it's there. It's present, right? It's present. So what I want you to do is I want you to just think about close your eyes at this point and just start havening. You're going to continue to haven, right? Just kind of just think about what it's like to be stagnant what that five feels like, like as if it just happened in this moment, like you just had a moment of feeling like, oh my gosh, (sighs) five, right? Mm -hmm. And when you have that and you brought it to mind, I want you to just imagine that you are standing before the most beautiful place that brings you joy. And when you have that place to mind, and those of you who are tuning in, do this too. What is the place that brings you joy when you bring it to mind? And if you can't visualize well, just hum a song or something while you're listening to me. Can you think about that place? Yeah. And then I'm just going to count to 20 real quick. And what I want you to do while you're in that experience is I want you to think about something within that place that brings you joy, that also brings you joy. So if it is the beach, maybe number Mm -hmm. one is seashells. Number two is the sunshine. Okay. All right. So just stand there and take that first powerful step as you continue to haven, step into one. And what is that first thing? You don't have to tell me. That's the beauty of havening is you can keep this little story to yourself. This visual is yours. You don't have to share it. And then move into two, just feeling lighter and calmer, more connected. And three, just be present with what you see around you in your mind's eye. And four, that's right. And five, just feel what it feels like in your body. Just be present with what your body is feeling in this moment, taking a deep breath on five and move into six and seven, feeling lighter and more connected and seven to eight, maybe even feeling a little more movement, wiggle your toes a little bit, body and nine and take another deep breath on 10 you're already feeling lighter and more connected and just calmer with your thoughts. And 11 and 12. Don't forget to breathe. 13 and 14. 
15. Beautiful. Deep breath on 15. Just really fill those lungs. Breathe out 16. 17. 18. 19. And that powerful step into 20. 20. And then in your mind's eye, just as you were walking on that journey, wherever it is that brought you joy, turn around and look at how far you've come. Just witness the steps that you've taken for kindness and compassion in your own mind and be present with that for a moment. And then think of the word you're at now. And you can share that as well with your audience. What is the word that you're feeling right now? Successful. Successful. And what's, yeah. where are you on the number scale right now? Yeah. You were at a five. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling. That is that is the beauty of oh this work. You went from yeah. stagnant to successful, five yeah. to a zero in less than, what, two minutes, three yeah. minutes? Yeah. That's the beauty of this work. And you'll likely feel lighter and calmer and more invigorated today. Because you are changing the neuro, like the neuroplasticity in the brain, you're changing the landscape of your brain for deeper work. And, and I imagine that those of you out there, I mean, share with you on your podcast, yeah, how they'll yeah, feel yeah. about this. I would love to know. I'm sure you would love to know, share with right. how they felt in this moment, if they did it along with us. But the beauty is, is that's just for an everyday upset when you're doing yeah. deeper trauma work, you know, for trauma to actually be encoded, it has to have an event that took place. There has to be a meaning to it, the landscape, meaning you think like it's happening now and that feeling of inescapability. We can have some of those things with upsets in our lives. Maybe you do feel like I can't get out of feeling stagnant. I'm feeling yeah. sad or I'm feeling anxious, but you can with tools like this that we just yeah. did, you know? Yeah. I love it. It's amazing. Thank you for sharing your gifts with us today. So oh, important. Such a the pleasure. And, and it is a lot about that negative talk and then yeah. letting it spiral and trying to turn it around. So any tool that we've got, and this is a great, a great one, you know, to really start yeah. to turn everything around. So it is. And I call it one of those, it's brain candy for your brain candy jar. Just like we have this yeah. toolbox, right? I call yeah. it the brain candy jar. Sometimes you want something a little sweeter or has a flavor or whatever, whatever it is, the more tools and the more little candy you have in the brain candy jar, the better. And this is what we're going to be doing partially in the Havening Happy Hour. We have our next one coming up on November 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And I know the holidays get busy. So if for some reason you do miss that one, don't worry. They are monthly. And there's always a way to be kind to your mind and join us, you know, I love it. and experience a little CPR for the amygdala. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. CPR for the amygdala. Oh my goodness. The amygdala <laughs> finally gets the attention. It deserves yes. with a name. I love it. Yes. Amy. Well, thank you so much for taking time out today to join us. If folks want to know how to find you or we'll post all the links obviously yeah. too, but what's a great way to connect with you? A great way to always connect with me is just go to hillaryrusso.com. There's even a link to go to Havening under health and wellness. And, you know, I'm on all social media, I share a lot. Join the Hug It Out Collective on Facebook, our Trauma to Triumphs yeah. group. And, you know, I'm always for fellow podcasters. And eventually I would love to have you on my show, Holistically Speaking, but that's another way. Having you yeah. come on, it's, it's empowering stories of trauma to triumph through health, healing, and humor. And that's always a great way to connect as well, because the more women's voices we're putting out there in the world, the more we're amplifying, the more we're, we're 
sharing together as even a larger community, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Our voices together are way more powerful than just one of us. So I would love to be back on. So we'll definitely make that happen as well. And thank you again and a happy holidays to you as well and to your family and for everybody else listening. Hopefully you can use some of these havening techniques to really navigate the next few weeks that are ahead of us and feel grateful, hug yourself and move forward. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. And I will see you guys next time. 